Welcome to Passport Mommy. I'm your host, Michelle Gerson. This show is for anyone raising little humans. We feature experts with tips and advice to enrich the lives of our children. Mom and dad entrepreneurs tell us their inspiring stories. Learn about products that could make both you and your child's life easier and more fun. And of course, fellow parents discuss and laugh about what's happening in their child's world. Motherhood is a journey. Thanks for joining me on mine. Welcome to Passport Mommy. I'm Michelle Gerson. I hope you had a great week. So I'm really excited to have our first guest on the show. She is a Weber County mom. She is located in Utah. She's also an autistic woman, which we'll talk about because just recently diagnosed. And I think it's very interesting as a mom to be diagnosed when you're older because we're always so focused on our kids. So interested to talk about that. But that is not why she is here. Addison Smith has received the inaugural Duck Defender Award from Duck Defenders. It's an international project of animal welfare charity, Humane Long Island. The Duck Defender Award is the top accolade bestowed by the charity and is awarded to only those making the most significant progress for waterfowl advocacy and rescue in North America. And I am so happy to have her on the show with me because not only is she doing this wonderful work, but she is also a mom of a two-year-old. She's got a lot going on, has done a lot for many people and, and waterfowl. Thank you so much, Addison, for joining me today. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me on. It's my pleasure. So tell me about your animal rescue. So Wasatch Wanderers is an animal rescue, and we focus on public education to change the way that animals are treated and seen. And we're actually expanding to also change the way that neurodivergent and people who struggle with their mental health are treated and seen as well. So it's um, kind of the best of both worlds. But uh, we focus on rescuing abandoned, neglected, and unwanted animals. Um, And we really focus on farm animals and exotic animals. And so the waterfowl kind of fall into that area. Um, so yeah, that's amazing. And how did you get started with this? What were some of your first projects? So I've been in animal rescue for over 10 years, but, um, Wasatch Wonders was founded in September of 2021. Um, and we, uh, I was with actually my son, um, and we were out taking just one day feeding the ducks and, um, I was driving past, um, a school, Weber State University, and uh, they had a bunch of what what I know were people's dumped pet ducks or domestic ducks and geese um, all at this pond, but it was drained. And um, I, I knew right then I was like, OK, this is wrong um, because they can't fly away. So domestic ducks and geese, we've made them pretty much for the most part completely grounded. We've made them, their bodies too big for their wings. And so they can't sustain flight. They may be able to fly five to 10 feet at a time. um, But normally they can't sustain flight, especially the birds that were bred for meat. Um, And so actually when my son and I got out of the car and we were looking at them, I noticed two of them were actually injured. And I had talked to some students that were there and they told me that one had been hit by a car and Mm. one was attacked by a dog. And unfortunately, um, when I was also there, I found students harassing the the geese and chasing them. Couldn't get away because there was no water to go on. And so um, I 
promptly reached out to the school and didn't hear anything. So I just decided, okay, what the heck? I'm just going to post this on an animal. We have a Utah animal rescue page um, for all the rescues in Utah. And so I just posted on there and I was like, hey, um, this is a situation. I don't really know what to do. Um, can anybody help me? And it just was like blown up overnight. Um, the school had, uh, person heard about it. He posted on Twitter and he was like, oh, we care about our ducks and geese so much. We're going to refill the pond soon. Don't worry. And mm. then I had a bunch of rescues reach out to me and they're like, well, those ducks and geese shouldn't be there. And um, like, it, and it was just, so I kind of asked the school some more and I went in and I talked to people and they're like, oh, we're going to fill it in a week. And then, but they were like, but I'm not sure. So go talk to this person. So I went talk to them. They are like, oh, we're going to fill it in a month. And I was like, okay, this isn't, this isn't working. Um, And then I talked to, finally, I had a meeting with the school and they're like, we don't want them there at all. So we removed all 64 waterfowl um, and put, put them all into forever homes. So that's how Wasatch Wanderers got started. Um, and since then we've rescued over 700 lives, including 47 yesterday. <laughs> Incredible. So yeah. And those wow. have been between ducks and geese to pigs, cows, hamsters, guinea pigs, parakeets, you name it. So amazing, amazing work you're doing. So Thanks. congratulations on the award because totally deserved. Um, and you're teaching your son such a great lesson at two years old. Yeah. which is wonderful and what you're doing for your community. So incredible work. So do you have people who join you on this? How can people get involved if they don't, if let's say people want to be part of a rescue, but they just don't know where to get started. What can yeah. they do? I think the biggest thing to recognize is that you can be your own rescue and it doesn't have to be like this official, very demanding job. It can be something that, um, you know, educating your children about, okay, we don't feed waterfowl bread. Um, bread is extremely dangerous for ducks and geese. It expands in their stomach and makes them feel full. So they slowly starve. Um, it also makes their body pull out really bad nutrients and causes permanent wing deformities. Um, and so educate, you know, educating about not feeding bread to other people, um, starting to feed dumped pet waterfowl near you, um, nutritious food, um, so that they can eat food that's better for them, making sure that you're only feeding dumped pet ducks and not, um, wild ducks, um, or geese. And so making sure we're only feeding the domestic ones. And then also, um, if you are worried about any waterfowl that are near you, um, trying to contact a local rescue that is willing to help out with them and urging your cities to put up signs at ponds to encourage people not to dump ducks and geese. Um, we not to abandon ducks and right. geese. Right. Um, it's illegal. And not only that, but it's like dropping off a dog and expecting a dog to become a wolf. Their lifespan is super short and it's extremely difficult for them. A lot of the times they starve to death or get hunted by predators um, because they're left where you abandon them and they just don't know how to survive on their own because they relied on humans for so long. Nice. So with around the corner too, um, we really want to encourage people like don't buy, don't buy animals for Easter. Um, yeah. If you on having animals for Easter, then look into fostering animals, making sure that that's what your family wants. Um, a lot of people think, oh, ducks are so cute, but they don't realize how much they poop, how loud they are, how expensive they are. Um, same with rabbits. And so and we encourage you to foster from a rescue, or if you really are like, we were serious about getting them, um, 
I encourage you to adopt from a rescue because there are so many animals that need homes. And um, unfortunately, these um, farm supply stores, they just uh, they don't educate the people properly on um, what it looks like having a pet and that it's illegal right. to abandon don't want them. Yeah, exactly. And just to talk about rescuing in general, because my kids, they pulled me into a pet store the other day and mm-hmm. I'm in New York City and I was just, I was appalled. I mean, I just, I couldn't stand to be in there, but at the same time, they wanted to see the doggies. They wanted to see. So then I tried to explain to them after why we don't just go into a store and buy a pet. And, mm-hmm. you know, and so for somebody who says, okay, I want to get that first pet that, you know, for my kids, for myself, how would they go about if let's say they decide they want a specific breed, how would they find that through a rescue? Yeah. So a lot of rescues, they're actually breed specific rescues for a lot of different types of dogs. Like there's German, German shepherd specific rescues, great Pyrenees specific rescues, pug rescues. Like if you have a specific dog you're wanting, looking up breed specific rescues. Um, There's also, you know, rescues that you can go on a waiting list saying, Hey, if you get a plug in, I want to be the first to know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, and then like, if your kids, you know, a lot of parents want their kids to interact with animals or they want to go to a pet store. Um, And you can get that same interaction by looking up local rescues near you and going in and being with their animals and interacting with their animals. And, um, and get that same benefit and even more of an experience because those animals are going to be able to physically interact with you. They've been around humans and um, the rescue people can also educate your kids while they're there. And so it's just a really neat opportunity to be able to go. And not only that, but you'd be supporting a rescue who has dedicated their lives to the animals. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's such great advice. Thank you. So we have about a minute left. I'd like to keep you on for the next segment if you'd like and just talk a little bit more about the autism part that we touched on at the beginning. So real quickly, in this minute left, tell me where we can find you and your animal rescue. So you can find me um, on my animal rescue at on Facebook and Instagram at Wasatch Wanderers Animal Rescue. We also have a website under wasatchwanderers.org. And um, if I were to share a message with everybody at the end of this, it would be to please adopt and not shop. And also please recognize that you can save animals every single day without going out to a pond and rescuing an animal, but just by keeping animals off your plate. Yeah, I love that. And real quickly, again, I know you mentioned no bread for the geese, no bread for the ducks. What is the best food to feed them if we want to? Oats, peas, chopped carrots, lettuce. um, And especially, you know, if you go to the store and you really want something that's easier, duck food or chicken food, they can eat that as well. And if you do feed the animals, we just ask that you don't put it in water as it can grow bacteria and is bad for the environment. Great. Such great advice. Addison Smith, thank you so much for joining me today on Passport Mommy. I want to talk with you next segment as well. You're listening to Passport Mommy. I'm Michelle Gerson and so happy to be speaking with Addison Smith. She recently received the inaugural Duck Defender Award from Duck Defenders, which is an international project of the animal welfare charity Humane Long Island. But this segment, we're going to talk to her about autism because she was just diagnosed as a mom with autism. And so many times I think we're 
getting our kids looked at and how do we identify signs? And so, so many of us may not have been diagnosed when we were younger. And maybe as older individuals, we realize, oh, you know what? Maybe this is something that I should be addressing within myself. Addison, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, of course. So Addison, tell me, how did you discover this diagnosis for yourself? So um, I've struggled with my mental health since I was from a very young age. Um, and the past couple of years, um, my husband and I have been married for about six years now, and I've just really struggled. And um, this past year, my psychiatrist, my psychologist, she recommended testing for autism. And actually, I brought it up to her. I said, um, someone brought it up to me. They're like, do you think you have autism? And I was like, uh, okay. And then I was really thinking about it and asked her and got tested. And sure enough, I do. Um, and a lot of the biggest response I get with it is why would you want to know you have autism? Why would you want that diagnosis? I've actually had people say that to me, but it's kind of similar with why you would want to know you have cancer so you Mm -hmm. can get the need to survive. Um, so that's why I pursued getting diagnosed and it's given me a complete new category of coping skills of a way to live my life that have allowed um, a lot of relief on my marriage and a new way for me to kind of raise my child and what that might look like. So can I, what made you, if you don't mind me asking, and I don't want to dig too deep, share whatever you'd like, but what type of dynamic with your husband and just in the marriage, were you feeling that you thought, you know what, let me look into this for myself? Yeah. I mean, my husband would get home from work and I'd be angry. And I'm like, do I not like him? Like, why am I feeling mm-hmm. this way? And um, it was just, I was getting so overstimulated by the change of him coming home from work. And um, I would react to things that maybe an atypical person, it wouldn't be any reaction at all. But to me, it was like the end of the world. And then say, if we got in a car accident, I wouldn't react at all. And I'd be like, oh, it's fine. And that's like the opposite of an atypical mm-hmm. person. So um, it, it made me want to be like, okay, what at first I just thought I was having postpartum problems, mm-hmm. struggles. And it, uh, but then I was like, no, it's more than that. And, um, since getting diagnosed with autism, I've been able to manage really differently my overstimulation. And, uh, that's actually part of the reason why I got into feeding, um, ducks in the first place was because I really struggle with large crowds, taking my kid out to do fun things. Um, And so I found ways that I can still get my kid out, um, but it looks a little bit different and we can do stuff that's still really fun for him, but maybe that's more a little bit neurodivergent friendly for me and less overstimulating. Right. Which is great. I applaud you because I think so many of us, especially women, whether it's after we give birth or like you said, new situations being married. I mean, I think everybody questions what's going on at some point in there, you know, and and we can get into that more another time. But I mean, I think it's wonderful that you looked into this for yourself, because I think being aware of what is going on within us is how we can be the most effective parent to our child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think a thing that thing that's hard that most people don't pursue it is there's just so many stigmas. I mean, I have been treated so poorly by a lot of people since finding out I have autism, but not very different compared to those people by telling them I had mental health struggles. Mm-hmm. So um, and then the other thing is, is recognizing a lot of women, actually, the majority of women who are diagnosed with autism are over the age of 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
Really, most studies about autism are about men. And so they really don't have a ton of information about women. So those who are um, different uh, levels, there's about three different levels that they say there are. Um, the ones that are uh, like a level one typically um, aren't diagnosed until after the age of 18 if they're um, le- uh, lesser needs, as I would say. Right. Um and so it's it's just important to, you know, if you feel like something's different, uh, advocate for yourself and reach out to a doctor. Yeah, that's great. And how do they test for it? What is what do they, what do you go through? Yeah, I mean, you have to find someone who's licensed in the state to test mm-hmm. um, for autism. And there's going to be probably a very small window just because um, adults uh, aren't normally the ones that get diagnosed. And so finding a person that tests for adults with autism is really important. Um, and one that's familiar with women with autism is going to be even more important. So my, my psychologist is actually a woman who tests for autism. And so her cutoff is usually... 21. So she was like, I'll, I'll accept you. So yeah, that's great. Well, congratulations. Congratulations on all of your progress personally, professionally on being a mom on doing this incredible work. I really appreciate you joining me on Passport Mommy. And once again, tell everybody where they could go to check out your animal rescue. Um, thank you so much. And you can check out our animal rescue at uh, Wasatch Animal Wasatch Wanderers Animal Rescue on Facebook and Instagram and WasatchWanderers.org. And we will be actually adding a lot more neurodivergent and mental health stuff to our page along with animal rescue. So we are trying to create a safe community for everybody. And I really encourage everybody to check it out. Great. Thank you so much, Addison Smith. If you listen to the show on the radio, don't forget you can also download the podcast on any of the podcasting platforms so you can listen while you're doing just about anything with your kids, getting them ready for bed, doing laundry, working out. That's my favorite time to catch up on podcasts. Just go to Passport Mommy on any of your podcasting platforms. More coming up in a few. From Bregman, MD, where we're all about psych solutions, I'm your host, Linda Corley, and this is The Breakdown with Dr. B. ADD is a term we should all know because there is a good chance there is someone you know who suffers from attention deficit disorder. Why do so many children and adults suffer from this attention disorder? I want to bring in Dr. B, whose practice specializes in attention deficit disorder. Dr. B has been treating patients for longer than we've been using the acronym ADD. Dr. B, let's go back about 50 years. I I never heard of anyone when I was in high school being diagnosed with ADD. You were thought of as spacey or a daydreamer. When was this designated a disorder? You know, we're here to raise awareness to attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, untreated, often with associated with those disorders, which we call comorbidities like depression, anxiety, substance abuse, and it's absolutely debilitating condition in adults. So I'm glad we have a chance to talk about this today. Great. Well, let's start at the beginning. Is ADD something you're born with and and what causes it? 
Okay, well, you know, it's been heavily stigmatized. I mean, you know, we start out, you know, in the 70s, you know, in my practice, it was called minimal brain disorder. So then the powers that be understood and they called it attention deficit disorder. It's highly genetic. I mean, meaning that it's dominantly inherited. So that means if a parent has it, you know, then certainly to me, when I take my history, it means that it could be likely that the child has it. So, um, and or if the child has it because it was diagnosed from school or something, then I ask the parents or the kids, the kids, the little kids usually tell me, who has this in a family thing? Oh, dad. Uh, okay. So I, I learn about this in multiple ways, but it's certainly highly genetic. And more boys than girls, huh? That's what I was reading. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. But, you know, um, that may be skewed because, you know, boys are generally more hyperactive, so they'll be picked out. The girls who are inattentive, you know, who have it, you know, and they're not hyperactive and they're smart, they just get by. You know, so many women I treat were not treated. Either the pam- the family was stigmatized and wouldn't do it or you know that the kids did okay you know they the girls are smart and they got through well speaking of diagnosing um at what age do parents start to notice that their child is presenting symptoms of add what's a good age to say all right maybe time to take johnny in to be evaluated well you know it varies okay like you know we see a lot of young especially male uh, patients that can get hyperactive even like three years old. I send them all to neurologists and we're going to have a chance to talk to Dr. Resnick in a few weeks about the interface between neurology and psychiatry. And I hope everybody listens into that. Okay. And why we use both. Uh, So, well, and then as we get older, you know, basically it's really been either the parents who complain that the kids are like a little hyperactive and usually boys, or the school is really the trigger. And that has been the change in our culture. Because what happened is, especially five rapid kids, the school says, hey, look, we can't deal with your kid anymore. You don't get your kid medicated or something. You know, you cannot, kids not coming back. And, and this has happened across the country. So a lot of the awareness has come from the schools. Okay, here's the burning question. What are the signs and symptoms of ADD? We know the childhood symptoms, the inattentiveness, you can't wait your turn, you're impulsive, you blurt out things, okay? I mean, you can't sit still, you're fidgety. We know that and it's very apparent. Then there's the inattentive part that you really just, you sit there, you don't pay attention. And the kids really who are very bright aren't doing well at school because they just, you know, they're not attentive. And a lot of those are also seen in adulthood, you know, when when they're treated later. Well, here's an interesting statistic. You know, earlier on in the show, I said that there is a large amount of the general population in the United States that suffers from ADD. Well, I came across uh, a very reliable source that says an estimated 8.4% of children and 
2.5% of adults have ADD. Now, I don't understand the statistic because does this mean that many children grow out of the disorder? It seems like more less adults have it than children. Okay, Linda, that's extremely misleading. And I'm going to tell you from my personal experience, okay? In the late 80s, early 90s, um, there was absolutely no awareness of adult ADD. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you a personal story. The head of psychiatry, you know, who knew me, and I was a child psychiatrist, you know, at the time for a decade, he, he brought me his son. He was the head at Jackson. And, and then I treated him for several years. And he comes to me and he says, you know, Doc, uh, I know he's going to grow out of this because everybody grows out of it. And I said, no, I told him at that time that, that the kids don't grow out of it and he needs to be continually treated. OK, so that was the state of the art uh, recently, OK, in psychiatry that it didn't go on to adulthood. And, and this is so untrue. And what happens here is, and I'm going back to your statistic, there's so many untreated or undiagnosed adults that the statistics that you're presenting are not accurate. So and you're saying maybe the children is a close 8.4% is good, but the adult percentage is way off. Absolutely correct. And you know what I do? If you didn't have it when you were a kid, I am not diagnosing it as an adult. And then what I do is it's all clouded with they're depressed, they're doing drugs, they're doing it. I mean, it's like the clinical picture is clouded. And if you don't really focus on some of what are the ADHD symptoms, you miss the diagnosis. So it's really a dual diagnosis with these comorbidities that have to be acknowledged. So how do adults who go to you, basically, how does an adult even find out that they have it as far as your practice is concerned? Well, you know, Linda, unfortunately, I think that the general psychiatrists and a lot of the PCPs are unsophisticated in looking for ADD, especially with comorbidities. I mean, the patient or their their patient presents with anxiety, depression, um, impulsive, destructive behaviors, whatever, and they just treat those. And they don't look at underlying other disorders, but they're not trained for it. So I think people, the psychologists need to be better trained, the uh, PCPs need to be better trained to understand, you know, to look for underlying ADD. So if ADD is not treated, it's ignored or misdiagnosed, can a child succeed in adulthood? My most successful patients and rewarding patients in my practice are people that I have diagnosed and other people have it with ADD and I treat their comorbid depression, substance abuse, whatever it is, anxiety disorders with ADD and I give them other ancillary like psychological services, I get great results. I'm telling you, and they send me all their patients that the idea of understanding and becoming much more aware of this underlining disorder can lead to a lot of treatment successes. So I think what I'm hearing you say is that you don't necessarily always give medication to ADD patients, true? 
Oh, absolutely. Linda, I'm telling you, I'm a very holistic psychiatrist, eclectic psychiatrist. I believe in a lot of things, okay? And, you know, a lot of people don't want to take medicines, and I understand that. They don't want to be committed to medicines. I send them to therapies, all different kinds, depending on what the issues are. And there's a whole bunch of people that even though they just want to deal with it without medicine, and they get help too. I just think as long as there's awareness of that there is this underlying problem and it's addressed in some way, then you get results. Speaking of studies, I came upon another study that was published just uh, August of last year. And it says that ADD is on the rise. As much as 10% between 2016 and 2018. Now, that's a pretty dramatic change. What's your take on that? Well, I think it has to do with uh, improved diagnostics. You know, uh, a lot of people have become much more aware. And you know, Linda, I'd like to give my four questions that I ask in, in all my patients. And I think that I think people who are listening would like to hear what does the doc ask. Number one, do you usually feel restless, nervous, difficulty getting seating, fidgety, a lot of needing, a lot of exercise or being active? Number two, do you usually act first and then think? You know, you blurt out answers, you spend too much money, you're impatient. Number three, do you usually have concentration problems? I mean, you're easily distracted. You don't finish things. You're bored. You're forgetful. You're chaotic. Okay. And look, if the answer to questions one or two or three is yes, then I ask the fourth question. Have you always had this? Or have you been like this most of your life? Look, if you haven't been that, the number four then it's a whole different story. But I think my four questions are right on for adults and they've proven in studies, you know, to be accurate. And this is what I do with the patients. And I think that people listening should go over the questions again in their minds and see where they're at about that. I think those questions are are very simple. You know, they're not complicated. And I think as you said, if they get the yes answers to most of them, uh, then it's time to get treated because there's great treatment out there. I think people just reach out. It's not a big deal, okay? You know, their own doctors, um, you know, their PCPs, their psychiatrists, psychologists, get some legitimate treatment. Well, let's end this on a super positive note. You know, let's talk about uh, what people with ADD, what are they good at? Okay. You know, the positive qualities of people are likened to have sometimes superpowers like creativity and, and spontaneity and astounding problem solving skills. Of course, we know about the boundless amounts of energy and hyper focus. What do you think about that? There's no doubt that there's benefits for having disorders like this, but they need to be so people are functional. As long as people have things in control because they're either being therapies or they're medicated, then they get great results. 
So in other words, it doesn't mean you know, these you know the people have a curse on life. No, it could be a positive. In that way, that we're trying to raise awareness today that people who are adults can have this disorder, and it doesn't mean it's a negative. And there's ways to treat it so that people could have really, really positive, beneficial lives. Heck, I was reading that even Albert Einstein was thought to have ADD. So, you out there that has that suffer from ADD, you're you're keeping very good company. Albert Einstein is one of my favorites. Okay, you know, he had ADD. I mean, anybody who knew him, you know, if they were diagnosed up today, know it. So it's not a bad thing. So you tell any, everybody out there who says they tell their friends to have ADD, tell them Albert Einstein had it too, okay? Exactly. I love talking to you about this, and I have to say I learned a lot about ADD today. Thank you. Okay. Great, Linda. Take care, everybody. Reach out. Okay, bye-bye now. From Bregman, MD, you've been listening to the latest episode of The Breakdown with Dr. B. And if you'd like more information or to speak to one of their top psychiatrists, just head to their website at BregmanMD.com to book a telepsychiatry visit from the comfort of your home. More coming up next on Passport Mommy. Welcome to Passport Mommy. I'm Michelle Gerson. I hope you had a great week. You know, I cannot believe the summer is over. I just can't get over it. And I don't know about you, but time got away from me and I did not take all of the road trips that I had really hoped to take at the beginning of the summer. So I'm thinking, okay, this weekend, my last big hurrah. And you know what? I'm getting on the road. And so I'm so happy to have with me today, Brian Ferguson. He serves Pilot Company as chief merchant. He is responsible for overseeing retail merchandising food and beverage brand marketing and driving inside sales. And, you know, according to a recent survey by Forbes, 30% of summer vacationers reported that they would rather drive than fly to cut back on travel costs. So Brian, thank you so much for being here today to talk to us about just how to save money this weekend. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's great to meet you. And thanks for having me. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about this survey and what was found. You know, it's Labor Day weekend's coming up, right? And I think over 90 million Americans are hitting the road, uh, heading to the beach, heading to the mountains, heading to see friends and families to kind of celebrate the last hurrah of summer. Um, and so everybody, you know, Americans across the board, East Coast, the West Coast, um, road travel is still like their favorite way to, to go on vacation and see the sights and do fun things. So uh, the, the good part about that is when you're on the road, um, Pilot Flying J, you know, we've got great travel centers for you to stop at, to eat at, to spend your time at, to get you from point A to point B and get you home safely. Yeah. I remember I used to stop at one near me where I used to live and it was great. And it was great to bring the kids into, and it was a a great stop along the way. So tell me, what are some tips that you have for drivers just to get to their destination this weekend with ease and maybe some leftover cash that we're not putting all into gas? You know, I think it's a great question. So first and foremost, a good plan. You know, start with a great plan. Uh, Look at when you should leave, leave early, get on the road before the other 90 million Americans get on the road, Mm -hmm. plan your stops. Um, You know, you can do uh, your journey, you can map your stops, Uh, you can map everything out on the My Rewards Plus app uh, that we have. 
Um, and so just being very planful about, you know, when you leave, where you go, where you're going to stop for fuel and food. Uh, that's that's the best way to get from point A to point B. Uh, that's that's what me and my family do. I've got two small kids, so we're uh, real deliberate about where we stop, when we stop. I always say we want to stop before the kids start asking <laughs> if they can stop. Right. That's smart because I know whenever I'm traveling somewhere, I have two small kids, two, three, and five, and it's always potty break for one, get back in the car, potty break for the next. Potty break. And it's like- we're, we're living the same life. I uh, Invariably, that that happens to, to my wife and I as well. We've just kind of grown accustomed to it. We plan for the double stop, we call it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Okay. So gas and food are the top two reasons travelers make pit stops. How do we make the most out of these stops? All right. So first and foremost, you know, we're here to save you money on your gas fill up. Right. So if you uh, join the My Rewards Plus app for Pilot Flying J, we'll give you a 10 cent discount on every gallon of gas that you pump. There's no mm-hmm. limits. There's no strings attached. You know, that really adds up, you know, whether you're filling 10 gallons or 100 gallons, it adds up fast. And that kind of savings um, really cascades into the store. So when you use our app, you save, uh, you save 10 cents per gallon outside the box at the gas pump. When you come inside within the app and within our loyalty program, you're going to see free drinks, great deals on food, pizza, wings, coffee, snacks, beverages, you name it, we've got it. Uh, we've got a lot of savings lined up for Labor Day weekend, weekend especially. We know Americans um, you know, are struggling with inflation. Uh, we know there's pressure here across the board, uh, but with the 10 cent fuel discount, with all the great deals we have inside, we feel like we're providing really tremendous value, as well as great hospitality service, clean bathrooms, and great, great food and beverage. Yeah, 100%. And I thank you for that. And so you mentioned that you have stops all over the place. So are you across the United States in certain regions? Yes, ma'am. We've got we've got stores across the United States. We're in 44 states, you know, from Florida to Washington, uh, from Massachusetts all the way to Southern California. We also have stores across uh, Canada if you head up up across the border. Um, but yeah, we're, we're here for you on every major interstate highway, uh, north, south, east, west. Um, and um, we've got stops pretty much, I think, on average, you know, uh, every every 50, 60 miles. So if you if you plan your your journey accordingly, come see us. Uh, if you need a, a stop or you, you fly past the intersection you thought you wanted to get off on, there'll be another pilot or a Flying J right down the road. Terrific. So where can we go for more information? Where can we learn more about Pilot J? All right. So a, a couple places, right? So you can go to the app store where you, where you download your apps and just look for Pilot Flying J. Uh, that'll bring up the My Rewards Plus app. You can download there or you can go to our website, which is pilotflyingj.com. Uh, and you'll find everything you need there to save 10 cents per gallon to also get a ton of free drinks and free snacks inside the box and also help you plan your journey and have an awesome Labor Day weekend. Terrific. Thank you so much, Brian Ferguson. I really appreciate you joining me today on Passport Mommy. Safe travels this weekend and good luck with those little ones. Thank you so much. You too. Safe travels. Have an excellent holiday. Thank you so much. I'm Michelle Gerson, the Passport Mommy. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Have safe travels this weekend and I'll talk to you next time. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. 
many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. 